Greetings from Cyberdelic Space. This is Lorenzo, and I'm your host here in the Psychedelic Salon. And I'm pleased to begin today by thanking fellow saloners Lauren G., Samuel G., Sam V., and regular donor Ian W., all of whom made direct financial donations to the salon during the past 30 days. Also, I'm extremely pleased to announce that since beginning the Salon 3 first run and live salon tracks in November, the number of supporters of that project has increased from 150 to almost 350 fellow saloners, and the amount of donations have gone up by almost $300 a month. And while it may seem like a dollar or two a month isn't all that much, it actually does add up to a lot for me. You see, my plan is to continue these live Monday night podcasts for as long as I can. And since I feel so good right now, well, to me, that means another 10 years or so. So when someone pledges a dollar a month on Patreon, the way I see it is that over the next 10 years, if they stay with me that long, they're making a donation of $120 for my support and comfort in my closing years of podcasting. In other words, my supporters on Patreon have become my extended family, and to them I will be forever grateful. And to continue making our Monday Night Live Salon sessions interesting, I've begun inviting a number of guests to join us. Tomorrow night it's going to be Bruce Damer, at least if all goes well, because he's going to be at a dinner party with several of my other friends, and hopefully a couple of them will also be able to join us and make it a truly memorable salon. And then the following week, my guest in the live salon will be my friend Matt Palomari, who has been featured here in the salon on several occasions, uh, sharing his wisdom and stories about his extensive experiences in South American jungles. There are also quite a few other interesting people with whom I've been talking about joining us for a live salon, and uh, actually they've all told me that they'd like to join us one night. However, uh, I've kind of fallen behind in my correspondence with them, I guess and with everybody else for that matter, because uh, I've become a little preoccupied with the fact that right now I have to find a new apartment, pack, move, and unpack all in the next six weeks. So uh, a few of my administrative tasks are going to be slipping behind for a while, but I'll do my best to get a new podcast out each week. In fact, depending on how tomorrow evening's live salon goes, I may podcast that on the Salon 2 track in the next few weeks while I get resettled. And uh, by the way, if you live near Santa Barbara, then this coming Saturday, January 19th, I'll be speaking at the Entheo Medicine event. And the other speaker that evening will be Alan Badner, who is a Buddhist scholar and the author of Zigzag Zen. His talk for the evening is titled, Buddhism and Psychedelics, Two Complementary Paths to Free the Mind. And my talk is going to be about ways that we can continue to strengthen the global psychedelic community. Hope to see you there. Now, uh, for today's program, which is the second half of a conversation between Art Bell and Terrence McKenna on the Coast to Coast All Night Radio program, uh, well, in this segment, Terrence takes questions from listeners who call in from all over the country. And uh, I guess for our younger saloners, I should explain that the reason that radio coverage was so widespread is because it was AM radio. And uh, for what it's worth, AM radio played a very significant role in the initial spread of rock and roll. 
I'll bet that I'm not the only old guy here in the salon who, back during the 1950s, would wait until his parents went to sleep and then sneak out to the living room and listen to the Alan Freed Show, the Moondog, as he filled the airwaves with R&B and eventually rock and roll music that our local stations wouldn't carry. In some strange way, uh, I feel that by trying to suppress this new music that we all like so well, the effect was actually the opposite of what they intended. And uh, so we all went out of our way to find it and listen to it, and that's how we found the Moondog. Now, yet today, if you want to, you can still hear the Coast to Coast radio program from 1 o'clock until 5 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Time. And uh, it can be found on over 600 stations in the United States. And, uh, of course, you're not going to be entertained by the Moondog, but it still can be extremely interesting if you're into topics that are well, a little off the beaten path, as Terrence McKenna was back in March of 1998, when he and Art Bell began taking questions from listeners around the country. Let's join them now. This full program will be available on the original Salon feed, on April 8, 2019, and is available today on my Patreon feed. The following are a few sound bites from this podcast. Part of growing up now in postmodern society is learning what drugs you can and cannot take. And it's like learning what your sexual style is and what your political and religious beliefs are. Uh, some of us can drink, some of us can't get near liquor. Uh, some drugs are bad for almost everybody. Some drugs are uh, pretty harmless for almost everybody. But in the case of any drug, spectacular exceptions to the rule can be found. And it's a rich combination of your psychology, your genetic heritage, your cultural style, uh, what drugs you choose to uh, inculcate into your life and that's why having the further complication of somebody else who doesn't know what they're talking about making laws and criminalizing some drug preferences and not others is just a layer of complication that we don't need. Every study of cannabis ever done since the 1898 British High Commission report on cannabis in Bengal has reached the same conclusion. Richard Nixon appointed the study group. They reached the same conclusion, and each one of these reports is buried. And uh, people ask why. You asked me this question earlier. Uh, I really believe that it's because of the impact of cannabis on political mm -hmm. uh, attitudes, That's and right. that it makes people more difficult to propagandize and push around and manage. And so it's just a headache to the managerial class. Or if you want to take a more sinister view, uh, they would fail to be able to enslave us if cannabis were legal. Uh, the people who think we're going to legalize cannabis by making some economic argument about the virtues of hemp don't are... are fooling themselves, the establishment is perfectly aware that it is the psychoactive properties of cannabis that make it such a, a hot potato. Uh, would you care to comment on why the government has not yet assassinated you? Me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, maybe they're hoping somebody else will do the job for them. Um, I don't know. I think maybe that uh, the government tolerates a certain level of dissent almost as a, a, a fallback position. In other words, you never quite throw away the smallpox virus. You keep it in case you might need it. I can imagine the culture crisis getting so crazy that uh, the people at the top will have to turn to their cohorts and say, call in McKenna and his friends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's true that time is uh, a cultural artifact. Uh, in other words, c cultures create different kinds of time, which they then perceive as the only kind of time there is. Linear time has arisen slowly over the past thousand years as a consequence of uh, uh, the, the introduction of print, and accurate timekeeping in the West, and just a whole bunch of cultural accidents lead us to believe that there is, you know, this unrealized future and knife-edged present and then a world of memory that we call the past. Mm. Uh, we don't notice that we all have different pasts and that we all go to different futures. Is it an there experience? is an elongation of time, ah. not a spectacular elongation of time, but what is interesting is uh, the sense that you only do it once and that no matter how many times you do it, it never repeats. You just go back to the same one again. It, there, it's bizarre. Uh, and so if you did it early in life, I first smoked DMT when I was about 20, mm. I always seemed then to be 20 again uh, going into it. The other thing about DMT that suggests a time aspect is you feel like you have fetal body proportions, that your head is very large compared to your torso. Hmm. Um, and now that you've gotten me onto this subject, I'm recalling a DMT trip years ago where I did it with two women who sat across from me and uh, at one point in the experience, I opened my eyes, and uh, these were both women probably 25 years old, and one of them was uh, running backward in time, changing into a 15-year-old, a 12-year-old, an 8-year-old, and the other one, her hair was turning white, her gums were retracting, her wow. skin was... It was... Wow. You know, talk about uh, amazement. Some people are having an uphill battle just to keep the boundaries in place, and those people are definitely not candidates for psychedelics. I don't think psychedelics are something for everybody. I view it as a, a kind of a psychic and athletic calling, like ocean kayaking or rock climbing. You need to know your tools. You need to know the territory. You've got a buddy system in place and you're physically trained and mentally prepared. That's how I see it. It's not, that's why I railed against the concept recreational drugs, which I just think is some kind of weird way to sell speed in nightclubs or something. <laughs> My life is so much like a story 
that I'm constantly asking the question, who writes this? Yeah, who writes this stuff? Who writes this stuff? I mean, who thought me up? <laughs> who thought Art Bell up and put us talking like this in front of 22 million people? That doesn't happen in reality. That kind of thing happens in art of a very finely honed sort. And so I want to know what is the medium and who is the artist and who's paying for this production. <laughs> well, that should give you a little idea of what the rest of this talk was like. As you know, uh, in three months I'll be adding the full edition of this podcast here on this original Psychedelic Salon podcast feed. However, if you're willing and able to support me as I continue to press on with both podcasting and writing, well, I'd really appreciate it. With a donation of only $1 a month, you'll be able to listen to these podcasts in full as soon as they're posted, and you'll be able to join in a weekly online live version of the Salon. Hopefully, you'll see your way to adding your support to the ongoing work of the Psychedelic Salon. And for more information about how to do this, well, just go to psychedelicsalon.com and click the Patreon link at the top of the page. I hope to see you there. <laughs>